And you know, did you know that she jerked off Uncle Danny in a movie theater? Who? Who's Uncle Danny? Alanis Morissette. Uncle Joey? Uncle Danny from Full House? John Stamos? No, the other uncle. The one that does the Popeye impressions? Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? I don't know. Uncle Danny, right? I've never watched Full House. Oh, maybe it is Uncle Danny. We can't uncle talk Joey? About, we can't talk about this, but okay. I know, but this, it just because when I talk about this, could be the cold open. That's what I'm. <laughs> So this is our third episode. Episode number three. Episode number three. The, th- the third in the series of episodes. So for the first two, we went through our top five all-time favorites, and we also did our top five least favorite movies of all time. And moving forward, we kind of decided to sort of stick with categories as we were moving forward. For and now, anyway. For now. But it, it could change, yeah. Um I was the first one to pick the category for this episode, and this episode we're going to be talking about cult classic films. Frankie, could you tell me what a cult classic film is, please? So a cult classic film is a movie that's had a release, but when it came out in the box office, it was not very successful when it initially came out. Uh, maybe it didn't make the money back that it budget its budget was, or it was geared towards a very specific audience. And then maybe years later, the film started getting a fan base, and people started dressing up as the character, and just loving the movie altogether. What do you, what do you guys? Uh, I'd agree with you. One of the things that I think makes a cult classic a cult classic is that it's a movie that's not appreciated at the time that it's released, but over time is appreciated for what it does, whether it be the actors, whether it be the plot, or whether it be that it just didn't get the nerd fan base. A big cult classic that comes to mind is probably The Nightmare Before Christmas, because it was not successful at the time because of no one knew what audience it was, but then it gained this giant foreign following, yeah. and then it came back to the United States as popular. So, to me, a cult classic is just, it may not be successful then, but people will love it now, for whatever reason. I agree with both of you. So, Kyle, so what did we plan on doing with this cult classic thing? What did we do? We just picked movies that we thought were cult classics. <laughs> they may not be our favorite films, they may not be films we necessarily love no i think we don't love our movies but yeah, yeah it's just we picked we went online typed in cult classics <laughs> that's what that's what sort kyle of, did sort of so for the 25 listeners that we have currently <laughs> uh basically every week we're gonna rotate our opinion or the categories and we'll each pick one movie that fits in the category that all three of us have to watch and then come back and have our thoughts about it. Oh, that's what you meant. what you meant by what we did? <laughs> yes. But yes, I did Google. So, <laughs> um, basically, let's just get this started. So, Frankie, we're going to go with yours first. All right. So, for my cult classic, I picked Evil Dead 2. If you're not familiar with this movie, it's directed by Sam Raimi. It came out in 1987, and it stars Bruce Campbell. Uh, a little bit about the plot. It's about this guy and his girlfriend. They go to this cabin. Um, it's sort of like a date, and they think the cabin's abandoned. What if the people who own this place come home? They're not going to come back. Even if they do, we'll tell them that the car broke down or something like that. <laughs> With your car, they believe it. And while they're there, they find this recording, and on the recording are these incantations from this archaeologist that found this Book of the Dead. And the Book of the Dead has incantations that awaken these evil spirits and demons in the woods that sort of just haunt this guy in the cabin. But what makes this movie so great is not only do they haunt this guy, and it's, but it's also funny. And it's like if you take a gory, ho- uh, a gory horror film and you mix it with the slapstick comedy of The Three Stooges. And to me, yes. that is exactly yes. what you get when you get Evil well Dead too. Well and put. I will tell you that I saw this movie as a kid, like 12, 11 or 12 years old, maybe. And yeah. I thought it was the funniest thing that I'd ever seen. Because I grew up with horror movies. Like, I love scary movies. They're my favorite genre. But, like, this movie made me laugh so much. 
Watching it this time, I didn't laugh as much, but the parts that really made me laugh really made me laugh. And then, like, there were parts that unintentionally made me laugh. Yes. Like, uh, number one, one of my notes, because I took notes, <laughs> was, uh, the girlfriend Linda's haircut was probably the scariest part of the first 20 minutes of this movie. And also, as, like, her corpse is, like, ballet dancing around, and then it just goes, ah, and flies away. Flies away. <laughs> You you <laughs> talked about uh, Nightmare on M Street or Nightmare on M Street uh, Nightmare Before Christmas before we got started as being a cult classic and one one of the beauties of this movie is it relies heavily on stop motion animation as part of its uh, um, special effects but also it relies heavily on just makeup makeup effects and it looks I think that also makes it look terrifying but it also adds to the slapstick humor because throughout when people are possessed their faces. They have these masks on, just the the prosthetics of it all. And then they do, like, the weird claymation CGI where it turns into another face. Yeah. Which, so, a couple of facts that I think the world needs to know and that maybe you might find interesting. So... Is this the lady in the cellar? Part of it, yeah. Yes, I like this one. So, um... First thing, this movie was... is the third iteration of the same movie. Because Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, and all the production team, I wish I remember all their names, but I don't, they um, all went to college together. So they did a student film about the Evil Dead. Then they made the first Evil Dead. And then they decided to do Evil Dead 2, which apparently they wanted to do Army of Darkness first. First, But they couldn't, like, the studio was like, no, like, do something else. So they just did the same movie as a sort of sequel, but it's the same movie. And one of my notes was, uh... What what magic you can do with the same idea, but just a little more money. A little bit more money, and uh, they they definitely made it more humorous this time. It wasn't as like a straightforward horror film as like the first one was. And do you know where they got that money? Stephen King. Stephen King. Yeah. Because Stephen That's King, funny. like, basically, uh, they were trying to get funding to do this, and Stephen King went to his friend... He was making Maximum Overdrive at the yes, time or something. he was making Maximum yeah, yeah. Overdrive, and he went to him and was like, hey, you should finance this movie. And that's how this came, which I just thought was really neat. But, yeah, this movie, I think is a cult classic because it there was a first movie that was more straightforward. Part two is sort of the same plot, and some of the reason why it was a sequel but kind of a soft remake as well was they couldn't procure the rights to the first movie. And they couldn't really recap the first movie like they wanted to to go on with the sequel. So they kind of just did like a soft reboot. So that's how you got part two. Then you had Army of Darkness. And after that, there was just a series of video games and comic books that respond. A musical. It's it's a musical, which, by the way, I saw it. I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty, there's like, if you see the musical, there's like a splash zone in the audience where there's like blood squirting out onto the crowd. and so, Like Blue Man Group. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. Or Gallagher. And... <laughs> Ready to smash some fruit? <laughs> Except for this one, the guy has a chainsaw for a hand and zombie blood and demon blood's going all over you. But uh, and it even had its own three season show on which, show on Showtime, which was good. And they're was that, doing Ash versus Evil Ash Dead. versus the Evil Dead, and now they're doing another movie, another but it's not going to have Ash or. Uh, Jane Levy from the remake in it. It's going to be a completely different story. Yeah. Which I'm a little bummed about because the remake of Evil Dead, I thought was good, and Jane Levy is a great... Yeah. A- Levy. Levy. Jane Levy, whatever. Uh, is a great actress, and I thought that they it would have been really cool if they had tied the two characters, which was the yeah. original plan, but then they couldn't. Um, but one thing... Uh, about the movie that I really like too is it's only 85 minutes so it's an hour and 25 minutes yeah long there's like the cinematography for it literally being hey we're just gonna do like one shot with this thing zooming through the woods, the woods. constantly just a camera zooming but you know the how woods. they achieve that is the director put the camera on his bicycle and rode the bicycle through the woods and so a lot of stuff was done in reverse that's to make so, a lot of that's effects. so 80s so but, it, I love it. but it's so practical and that's what makes that movie so great is everything with the exception of maybe some of the laughing scene like the grand laughing <laughs> scene in the cabin where the deer, the deer heads the deer laughing deer. Out. <laughs> 
That deer head was horrifying. That might have been the, the, worst, the, the lamp is, part of the movie. And I just love, like, uh, when he's in the work shed and the, his girlfriend comes on it, his zombie girlfriend comes in on it, it's so Muppety looking. Oh, and she and bites him. He, she oh, bites his hand, and that's where he gets... Yeah, so he gets a his, chainsaw hand. That's where he gets his enhancement. The the hand work, the hand puppet, like, fighting him and then flipping him off, like, always used to make me cackle as a kid. Yeah. With, I mean, the movie itself, it's not like it's groundbreaking or anything, but I love, like, the practical effects of whenever uh, the demon is chasing Ash through the house, and it's still on that one shot, and he just, like, eludes it randomly, yeah. it's blowing through walls and doors, is so funny. It's Which, just so good. So, the, the one-shot directing, taking one long shots like that, but also I think what really made Evil Dead into this big franchise as it was, it was Sam Raimi and then just the great performance of Bruce Campbell. Just the slapstick, the, the great performance. comedy. Okay, I can call it one thing. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Like, to, to tie off what you just said, Bruce Campbell's face, his, his expressions, best in the game. He makes that movie. Best in the game. He the makes s- the movie... He, he is not winning an Oscar for anything, but never. he never needs to. And I think what I what I think I appreciate is that Sam Raimi has obviously well done his fair share of big budget Hollywood, and he's going to continue to succeed as a director. Bruce Campbell, I think, is completely fine with the following and being shoehorned into this role and this he type of it. character. And, and, like, that's what I, I appreciate. It. It's like, yeah. it's good. Because people actually love him. And love that movie. because he's he is the like he's kind of the everyman character that's just like I'm I'm in this impossible situation doing yeah. weird shit and I'm fine with it. Th- I think there's like a list actors today who couldn't make that movie work the way he makes it work. No, no. like movie stars who we love could not make that movie work. I feel like no because the cl- their their facial expressions are not best in the game. No, Bruce Campbell has that. <laughs> there should be an Oscar. For that, Hold every on. year Bruce Campbell should win the Oscar best face. I best do face face think I do think there's one person that I would maybe want to see in this ring, just because I think his quips would be fine. I think Ryan Reynolds would be decent in an Evil Dead movie. Well, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds in his would own in his own way. Yes. In his own way, like it would like I mean I think of him and his Except like, Green Lantern. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we both had a sick. Um, I tried. So. Uh, Let's talk about Henrietta for a second. The the grandma in the basement. Okay. Someone's in my fridge cellar. Someone with a fresh soul. So, number one, always used to scare the crap out of me. Yes. Watching it, because, like, just the grossest thing. Yeah. Um... The e- plot twist, plot point Easter egg, Henrietta was played by, like, their friend who was, like, in the production, and he was in this latex suit, and the effect, like, when it was, like, showing Henrietta basically melting, whatever, it was actually because the prosthetics and the makeup was melting off of his face because it was so hot, and they had to, like, put ice packs and stuff underneath the bodysuit to try and cool his body down because Ugh. he was just grossly hamming it up. I think Henrietta was played by, correct me if I'm wrong, Sam Raimi's brother, Ted Raimi. Yeah, I actually think that is true. Yeah, because then they bring him back, like, in the video games and stuff, too. He kind of makes cameos. And in the Ash vs. Evil Dead show, Ted Raimi comes back and plays different characters. Hmm. So, like, Sam Raimi's brother's always kind of made an appearance with Bruce Campbell in the franchise, in some way, so it's been kind of cool. He's never the same character, but it's kind of cool to see. And I think what's also good about these movies, like, if we're talking about all, like, Evil Dead 2 was a cult classic because it did not do initially well. It did not do as successfully as the first one, I think because they were marketing it as, like, a black comedy horror movie. And then Army of Darkness was mega just. And if you watch, if you look, critics actually really liked Evil Dead 2 for its comedy aspects. But because it was a horror movie, they're just like, well, this isn't a horror movie. We don't know what to do with it because <laughs> yeah. there weren't a lot of black comedy horror movies at the time. There were very few. What was it, 1984? 87 for that 87 one. 87 came out. But um, what I like, and it had an X rating when it came out because of all the blood. Mm-hmm. Even though they tried changing it to different colors, it still got the. <laughs> what oh, I yeah, liked... I wrote it down. Uh, the blood is red, black, blue, and green. <laughs> and I think For they different tried... characters. I think they. Oh beings. yeah, they tried doing that to keep down the 
the potential X-rating, but they ended up getting it anyway, just because of how uh, bloody the movie is. That is a note I made because <laughs> I found that ridiculous. Um, the uh, what I like about this whole series, just in general, is that it's all very self-aware. Yeah. Like it knows, like they're they're having fun. The directing, the actors, they're all having fun doing it, and that's like why you can tell it was just like it, that's why it all works. Is they're all just. Like I said, it's this the third time that they've made the same story. They just decided to do it a different way. And they're all just having fun doing it. Like, no one's over it. Everyone's just kind of, like, hamming it up and having a good time. And I think that's why this one specifically works. Because it's quite literally just friends sitting around making, making magic. Making some art, yeah. So, I keep talking about Bruce Campbell and the best face ex- facial expressions in the game. How does Sam Raimi go from directing that to directing Tobey Maguire holding back the subway with that face right there. <laughs> Guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Spider-Man holding back the subway and it's the first Google image. Come on, how do you, not, how do, you do that? Also, one other thing that I had, um, when... What, are, what, what were they? The two scientists? Oh, the guy who discovered the Book of the Dead, his daughter and I guess her boyfriend. And then the two rednecks go back out to the cabin in the end. Yeah. After the boyfriend, I don't know if you guys noticed this, after the boyfriend got bit and he turns into the demon and he's flying through the air, there is a very, very visible cable holding him up yeah. that they did not edit out. <laughs> yeah. I didn't it's that. very visible. Yeah. My wife actually pointed that out. And she thought it was hilarious. Did well, not love the movie, but thought it was I think hilarious. that's kind of the charm of that movie, too, is because when they do that one-shot take that we were talking about earlier and Ash is running through, mm-hmm. you can see the top of the set, and you can see, because they built that whole set inside this gymnasium. Another scene that I thought was just unbelievably hysterical is when, I guess his ex-girlfriend bit his hand and he cuts the head off. Yeah. And he's just run around, just beating the hell out of the head on anything he can. And he's just whipping around. He's hitting pillars. He's hitting walls. Putting it through glass. That scene had me cackling. I was loving that because I haven't seen this movie in God. I was about to say how long has it years. been? Like I definitely will say I've seen Army of Darkness far more recently and more frequently yeah. than this one. I don't think the last time I saw this movie was maybe like 10, 15 years ago. The last time I saw these movies, I watched all three of them together, you know, in a few days or whatever, or probably knowing me one day. Um, so I have to go back and watch Army of Darkness now. It's so good. I have it's, to. It's good. It just... <laughs> My you wife, found me beautiful wife, once. Lady, you got real ugly. Yeah, the one-liners go a whole nother level in the third movie. When he, when he gets teleported back, and you see him with his chainsaw hand, and the knights are there, and you see the big castle, my wife literally just slunk her head and just went, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ is right. All right, so I guess that pretty much does it for Evil Dead 2. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with our next cult classic film. Okay, so I will start this by saying I got a lot of weird looks when I picked this movie, and for good reason, because it's not a really well-known, like, amongst, like, the normal people. But the cult classic that I picked was Serial Mom. And the reason I picked this is because I can watch this movie and laugh constantly. And I can also quote it at work and have no one know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're damn right. Uh, so, a John Waters classic set in Baltimore, because that's where John Waters sets all of his films, because Baltimore is his hometown. Uh, John- before, before we get into the movie... Okay. What did my wife say about your pick? Okay. So, Kyle's wife said, apparently something along the lines of, well, leave it to Curly to pick some obscure movie that no one has heard about. Yes. And no one has ever heard about this movie. (laughs) And they should. But but I watched it, and me and my wife looked at each other and went, that was a damn good movie. So, it was a great pick. So... Uh, Serial Mom is about a modern housewife that, for no other reason than just 
dumb slights against like propriety goes and murders people <laughs> and like punishes them which is like my favorite so i mean we can talk about this movie for a while but like my favorite thing is one of the main plot points of the movie and one of the main adversaries she has is dotty hinkle because dotty hinkle stole her parking spot one day so <laughs> she sends her lewd letters in the mail and just calls her and crank calls her with like the most crass like on the planet, which is my, I quote constantly. Hello? Is this the cocksucker residence? God damn you, stop calling here. Isn't this 4215 pussy way? You bitch! Now let me check the zip code. 212 you. So, before you know that this lady is off the rails, police officers show up to our house and ask, Hey, do you know about these things that have been happening around town and these things to, well, it was the kind Dottie of Dottie. <laughs> like, no, what, what kind of things? Like, she received this note, and the note was cut out pieces like a ransom note from magazines, and it said, I'll get you <laughs> face. <laughs> That's when I knew this movie was going to be hysterical. And it's literally like, uh, so the lead actress, Kathleen Turner, who is great, but she's just like this happy, bubbly, like, modern housewife that just like, recycles and cooks for her loving family and goes to PTA meetings and stuff. And you just cut to her in her bedroom calling Dottie Hinkle. She's like, hello, is this the cocksucker residence? <laughs> Stop calling. <laughs> Let me check the address. Is it 212 you? <laughs> it's just, less your filthy mouth, you <laughs> it's just like it's classic it's so good because and she just has this maniacal laugh and then she goes like and like you're like oh so she's crank calling people that's fine she goes to like a pta meeting and her son's uh teacher his math teacher his yeah. math teacher is like you need to tell your son to stop watching vulgar movies so the mom runs her dad runs him down and kills him with her car and the son is played by Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard and the daughter yeah. is Ricky, Ricky Lake. Lake. <laughs> uh, so the cast of this movie is wild. So it's Kathleen Turner. Guy, Sam Waterson Sam is Sam Waterson, a.k.a. Guy from Law & Order. <laughs> Ricky Lake. Uh, Matthew Lillard. Suzanne Summers is in it. And so is Patty Hearst, which I thought was just a random decision to put Patty Hearst in a movie. Um, Wait, is Patty Hearst the one that talks for Mrs. Puff from SpongeBob? No. Okay. Because she was in the movie, I recognized her voice. That's Mrs. Puff. No. <laughs> no. No, Patty Hearst was the woman wearing the white shoes after Labor Day. Oh, yes. The juror. <laughs> the rules of fashion have changed. No, they have not. Beats her to death with a phone. With a payphone. <laughs> a payphone, no less. The movie is, like, so John Waters is just known for doing movies that have, like, these absurd things. And they're always, like, all not all of his movies are great, but they're all good for being just weird. And there are parts of Serial Mom where you're like, this is a really weird movie, and I don't know why. Like, Matthew Willard works at a movie store, and he's, like, watching horror movies and stuff, and Kathleen Turner's like, oh, go back to the part where he's like, pulls out his liver, like, laughing and, like, maniacally. <laughs> which also, And John Waters is also known for putting, like, random little, like, little details that only, like, only if you, like, really looked into it, you know? There's a part in it where, um, so one of the movies that Matthew Lillard is watching is this movie, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, uh, Joan Crawford back when she was doing exploitation movies where it's, like, old lady murderers, like, to, like, rekindle her career. And I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. And then when, Sam Watterson finds all of, like, the serial killer paraphernalia under her mattress with that are, like, love letters to her, basically. There's a recording of Ted Bundy, and it's like, hey, hey, like, whatever her name, or what was her name? I can't remember. Uh, Beverly Sutton. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, Beverly, it's Ted. I'm gonna die by the lecture chair in six days. That was actually John Waters who voiced the <laughs> recording. All right. You're going to have to remind me of this scene. Okay. Because I have one little note. The sex scene with the super aggressive humping. Oh, okay. <laughs> so after she I kills... I love that sex scene. <laughs> right, Frankie, Frankie, what, what yeah, happened? Yeah, Frankie, just set the mood. So, I don't know. You just see the guy from Law & Order just being violently taken advantage oh, of. Oh, yeah. And 
it's almost like a scene from like an exorcist movie. Like she's floating <laughs> she's in the high. air and then just plowing this poor man. So okay. And the kids can hear it from and the And the kids can hear it. It's when I saw that I knew I was gonna love this movie. I was like, God, this is perfect. So that was after she made her first kill. Yes. And yeah, so she's being like hyper sexualized and whatever and like going at him and like moaning really loud and all the kids can hear and it's just really uncomfortable. Um so this movie was made to be a documentary about, or like a mockumentary or a satire of true crime. Yeah, because you can see it in the beginning. They have disclaimers like the people in this film, their names have been changed. Yeah. They've not been compensated because of the crime. I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, so the whole thing was supposed to be a satire because true crime was really big back then, which it's also now, big now. really big now, which is why everyone should see this movie. I, th- I think it's good. I mean, it's definitely 90s-esque, and that's what kind of gives it its charm is it kind of took what sitcoms are doing in the 50s, like this perfect family setting. They're all... Very Leave it to Beaver. It was very Leave it to Beaver when it first started out, or just like any typical 1950s sitcom. And then they brought that into the 90s, so they layered that. And then they layered on top of that the mom just being secretly crazy, (laughs) crank-calling people, murdering people. And it was kind of cool. I say cool because... You all go through your lives and you have these frustrations. People cut you off in traffic. People take your parking spot like in the movie. People don't recycle. People don't recycle. <laughs> and then, you know, and you're just like, man, you, th- you think of these ways in your head like, man, if I could only get back to that person. But that movie kind of explores those ideas of just taking your revenge immediately and just getting away with it. The but, part, but to the most extreme. The part where, like, so she has a problem with her son's friend because he never wears a seatbelt. <laughs> so she's, like, got a knife and is axing at, his, like, the convertible top and he's like, wear your seatbelt! And then she goes on a high-speed chase with him and the, like, the kid's like, is that mom? And she's, like, turns to the, like, waves, like, happy. And so <laughs> to the, to the family. If they're at a cross street. She just waves and smiles as she's going to murder this guy. There were she- moments in that movie that I really enjoyed and I think the one is, like, when she represents herself in court towards the end, she becomes her own lawyer, her old her own defense attorney to defend against all these accusations of murder and just the way she does it in a way that she finagles out of these crimes that she's done it's it's so fun all she's doing is like discrediting the witnesses one for being high one for Dottie Hinkle making her cut she just said f*** you to me well f*** you to your whore are you insane (laughs) I think my favorite one was when he discredits the cop with the magazine oh god yeah they like they dig through his garbage and find out he has a uh a magazine it's called chicks with which is which is not appropriate now because it is that is we do not talk about such things but back in the day like and it's like discredits him and then she also does that thing with um uh she the one old lady and she's like do you recycle? And all of the courtroom like leans in. (laughs) Wait, no, my kitchen isn't big enough. I don't have the room for recycling. And everyone flips out. And so the garbage men are there like, yeah. Oh, she like gives the garbage men mini bottles. When they pick up, when the garbage men pick up her trash, she gives them mini bottles of alcohol. They go outside and they're all looking at her not recycling, and they're all talking about ways to kill her. And all of a sudden, she gets the crazy like, <laughs> which like, is it's kind of fun eye. because she gets her garbage on people from the garbage bin, yeah. from just giving them alcohol and just bribing them. Hey, Rosemary, are those pussy willows? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> pussy willows throws the Fabergé egg down, and is like, my Franklin mint. <laughs> and this this is another movie I think. All of them, eventually, you'll see. But this is another movie. It doesn't take a lot of time to see. It's only an hour and a half. And all it these is, movies, all these movies were super short. They're super short. And Serial Mom, this is my first time seeing it, and I would recommend anybody listening right now to watch Serial Mom. It's one of my new favorite cult classic <laughs> movies. Thanks, thanks it to is, yours. It yours is currently curly. free on an app that we're not going to plug, but it's a bird with crazy colored feathers. Yes. Yes. Or if you want to Split pay. pea soup, but also <laughs> cock. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Is that the cocksucker residence? <laughs> um, 
Or if you want to buy it on Amazon, or rent it on Amazon, it's like four bucks. I'm sure you can buy, like, a DVD copy or something. Oh, yeah. John Waters, like, always does good, like, like or he has always done kind of, like, good, obscure things. And I think this was a cult classic because it didn't... It wasn't financially successful at the time. I think Roger Ebert gave it two out of four stars because he was like, why was the lead actress trying to be so serious? She should have been campy with it. And it's like, but, like, why? It was still funny. Yeah. It was still funny and enjoyable because it's literally just like a woman who is a secret psychopath. Yeah. It was It was excellent. Definitely go watch it. It's not, not Three, on one, two, pussy, way. <laughs> I mean, right now it's got a 64% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which... It's pretty decent. You For know, a movie that's, what, yeah. 27 years yeah, old? It, it came, came out in 94. 94. And it's, it's worth it. It's worth the watch. I, I I love this movie. I Yeah, that's why I'll literally sit there at my desk and just be like, Pussy Willows! <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, sorry to everybody that has to hear that. That's a plant. We're not cussing. Yeah, that's a plant. All right. It's a plant. It's a plant. So, okay, any random facts or tidbits you guys have for it? Yeah, I have one. I'll get you, <laughs> face. <laughs> Go watch the movie. God, I love this movie. Um, Yeah, just... Yeah, Kathleen Turner, you know. Oh, my God. I have one note. The whole concert scene... Oh, All yeah! All have super aggressive camel toes! Yes! Oh, they 100%... Oh, my God! We, were watching... we almost ended it without talking about this! We... i be honest, of... I didn't notice this. No, oh, my God. A friend of mine was over at her house, and we were watching this, and he was like, why is her... Like, is it... Is that on purpose? I'm like, what? And he's like, all of the girl's pants are being eaten right now. <laughs> and I was like, Frankie yeah. looks like two pool noodles next to each other. No, <laughs> no. It's pretty bad. It's really but, aggressive. And then the kid gets lit on fire and they're all just laughing They're all and laughing at him. And like, the mom is just sitting there like bouncing around, just like giggling and laughing. Just God, that this fucking movie. Oh, when she sneezes in church and the entire church erupts in fear, but it like she sneezed and it was like snot hit this like, poor baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god. Yeah, good movie. Yeah, definitely, good movie. Definitely good pick, Curly. Alright, I tend to have them. Let's take a break. back and we are back he says so this comes to my pick gents unfortunately this is one of my favorite cult classics of all time it is a movie that is called <laughs> mike judges idiocracy from the year 2006 oh boy. mike judge if you don't know has made fantastic programming such as King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead, another cult classic, Office Space, the new Silicon Valley on HBO, and I honestly think this is one of his best works. He is very funny. He is satri- What's the word? Satri- sat- satirical? Satirical. Satirical. Oh Sorry, I, I brain farted. He is very satirical in his filmmaking. So, the plot of Idiocracy... <sighs> Is the world... <laughs> it starts off with two couples. One couple has very high age, uh, IQs, and they keep pushing back having children, where the other family are dumb rednecks, and they just continuously have kids, and then their kids have kids, and their kids have kids. So what happens is Luke Wilson and Maya Rudolph get put into an experiment for, for cryogenically freezing them, to see if they'll last for a year. And the building gets dis- demolished. And they get frozen for... Like 500, 500 years. years yeah. 505 years. I think the movie takes place in the year 2505. And it starts off 2006. So about 500 years. And the world is just filled with complete idiots. As Joe and Rita lay dormant, the years passed, and mankind became stupider at a frightening rate. And the whole movie is just about Luke Wilson trying to get home, get back to 2006, 
and navigating this world where people don't know how to read anymore. Half of them don't know how to speak. The world is literally run by Carl's Jr. And this is a world where you can get a law degree from Costco. Yes. <laughs> the president of the United States is President Camacho, played by Terry Crews, who is an ex-professional wrestling champion. Also a porn star. He also uses a machine gun during a lot of his addresses in Congress. He does. Whenever he wants people to shut up in Congress, he just shoots a machine gun in the air. And also, you know, it has... Hold on a second. I have to cut this. Okay, while you're researching this... Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. I'll wait. I will hold my tongue. (laughs) You'll get your time to speak. I have so much to say about this movie. Oh, man. Why can't I remember the name of it? I don't know. Why can't you? What is the Gatorade? Brondo. Brondo. I thought it was Brando. Also, in this pseudo-America, it has Brondo. It's what plants crave. So, for people who don't understand that reference, in this movie, people are so dumb in the future that they don't water plants with water. They use this Gatorade sports drink type substance. And it's also something that comes out of the water fountains. Like, people just don't drink water anymore. They just drink sports drinks. Well, that's because water comes from the toilet. Which is, <laughs> which is funny. I didn't know this. Okay, so after watching Idiocracy, and I think out of all of our movies today, this is probably the most cult classic-y movie. And I say that because, financially, it did the worst of all three. And it's the one that the studio gave up on. Compared to all three, the studio gave up on it so fast that when it was delivered to movie theaters, it was called Untitled Mike Judge Film. Because after (laughs) studio executives from 20th Century Fox saw this movie, they totally gave up on it. And they gave up on it to the extent to where they were contractually obligated to release it in theaters. So they only did it for like a week before like pushing it off onto DVD. But, uh, so it only made, it had like a budget of like, uh, like $7 million or something like that. But it, it barely made $500,000 in the theaters. <laughs> I love it. But like, since then, it's gotten that cult following. And it's definitely made that money back now in the future on like DVD sales. And just like, for you, like you, like people who are fans of this movie. So I think... Cold classically speaking, this is the biggest where the fans has kept the momentum behind yeah. this movie going because everybody stop gave, sighing over that. Everybody, girl. including the studio, gave up on it before it was even released. They even named the damn thing before sending it off to theaters to show it in the theaters. Well, they gave up on it rightfully. So. <laughs> okay, okay. So here's the deal. I have a lot of like personal like slights about why I don't like this movie, and it's for a couple of different reasons. Number one, Luke Wilson and his brother Owen Wilson should never headline a movie. False. They, like, there have only been, like, a handful of movies where either of them have been, like, a main character, but they're not the most memorable or funny parts of the movie. I, like, Luke Wilson was writing off of Anchor, or not Anchorman, of, uh, Old School. Luke Wilson was, is not the person you think of when you think of Old School. Will Ferrell is. Yeah. Owen Wilson, it's the same thing. The only two movies that he's headline headlined that are memorable are Wedding Crashers. Anaconda. Which... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you love Anaconda. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'll give you that love one. Anaconda. <laughs> but seriously, like, Wedding Crashers, well. which which arguably all the supporting cast is the funnier parts of that movie. It's not like Owen Wilson, oh, he's so charming. Let well, he's me the heartfelt part of that. But it's not even, like, the quotable one. Whereas then you think of, like, oh, what, the internship or whatever, when he was in Google with Vince Vaughn, how many people saw that? I mean, I'm just saying, like... And those are the only two he's headlined in that were good. That I what about Midnight of. in Paris? Uh, that movie was fantastic. Okay. Anyway, my point is, is like, so, Owen Wilson... Mic drop. Owen Wilson is better than Luke Wilson. But, Luke Wilson... So, this movie... I he's not, he's I, not wrong. I think what I hate about <laughs> these movies, or this specific movie, is that... When it came out, I explicitly remember all of the ultra, like, alt-right, conservative people, like, jumping on this bandwagon of, like, oh, you need to see Idiocracy, that's what's happening in our country today, blah, 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 and I'm like, 
Okay, I'll just go f throw myself off a cliff. Really? I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Not to get political, but the right wing said that? Yes. Yeah, that's funny. And it's like, oh, everyone, <laughs> because, you know, everyone's stupid, and this is what's going to happen because people are stupid and yes. not, not thinking with their yes. brain. Yes, yeah. the rednecks. So, well, and then, hold on, sorry, I, yeah, I am ahead. not done. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, it's like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, Mike Judge is funny for his dry humor. And yes. Stuff. Like, honest, I still, like, Beavis and Butthead, are you those boys when whacking in my tool shed? Like, those stupid things are, like, funny. I didn't, fu like, how can you make Maya Rudolph not funny? And I... You're saying they made her not funny. They made movie. her not funny in this movie. Terry Crews also is, like, a character in and of himself, and that's why, like, he was probably the only good part of this movie. And then to go back, I'm like... Here's Besides the fact that Carl's Jr. ran the world and could take your kids away. Well, I mean, corporations, let's, we'll not get into that bandwagon. But what I was going to say to your point, Frankie, about, like, movies that go to theaters and, like, this one had, it's like, I don't need a week runtime. I worked yeah. at a movie theater when I was in high school. And one of the movies that came out, similar story, that is also a cult classic, Grandma's Boy. I worked in a movie theater, and literally, we sold two tickets to that movie for the entire week that it was playing, Oof. and the two tickets that were bought were actually people that worked at the movie theater. <laughs> they just weren't allowed to get free tickets that day, so they bought them. <laughs> I love that movie far more than Idiocracy, but Idiocracy, like, I think that's where my problem is, is that, yeah. like, it has funny scenarios and it's like oh a head thinker because like if you really want to go down that rabbit hole like we're kind of going that way because the we're you know it could arguably describe that less responsible and therefore less educated people are reproducing at a higher rate than intellectuals and yeah. more pragmatic people so that's what makes it like oh it's a head scratcher let me think about this for a little bit but that's that's part of why i love this movie because it seems like it should be so much deeper and smarter, but it is just dumb comedy. It's, it's, it is just it's dumb one of those comedy. movies that proposes a very smart question, but yes. I think when it comes to the execution, I think that's where it's maybe lacking. I think throughout, it's sometimes, steady. yeah, it, you, you find it like, I think the movie with its comedy and its storytelling is a little bit uneven throughout. Yeah. And I think what really kept that movie going forward was just the narration of it and i'm glad that the narration was there because i thought when i was watching this like thank god for the narration because it gives you a break from just how stupid it is <laughs> just how stupid everything is but it also like it, it does raise awareness and it does have its points of like corporations taking control and Carl's being Jr. in control of things and i and like I do think that people who are not of a higher IQ are probably populating the earth at a higher rate than people who do have the higher IQ. So that's probably all true. You know, all that stuff has some truth to it. But yeah, it's there's a difference between early 2000s dumb humor <laughs> compared to like other dumb humors. And it's definitely, it's all, I was watching this movie, it's like, Kyle, f*** you for... <laughs> For, for recommending this movie because <laughs> now I have to sit through Idiocracy one more time. But uh... Yeah, I'm, I, I watched it today and I was like, oh God, because I've been putting it off and was like, I don't want to watch this, but I sat there in my house and watched this. And I, like, can't, I can't say that I didn't enjoy it though, but I will say there were moments where I was just like, oh my God. This movie, this movie introduced me to one of my favorite actors. Terry Crews? No. He played a very small part as a doctor. Shia LaBeouf? As a doctor. Oh, Justin Long. Justin Long. Oh, that oh, part, Justin Long. That Justice part for is Justin Long. so funny. What the f*** happened to Justin when Long? When he comes in... Yeah. When he comes in as the doctor... Well, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're f***ed up. And Luke Wilson's like, oh, I don't feel well, I don't feel well. And for some reason, he goes, and sorry for this language, but he goes... Maybe you're and Luke Wilson's like, why? He goes, my wife's and she's a pilot now. And kills me every time. Which reminded me, like, his delivery, and then when he finds out that, and if you watch the movie, you understand what I'm saying, that Luke Wilson is unscannable. The faces he make and how scared he is, and he backs into the corner. I love that. That might be my favorite part of the movie, besides the 
dildos are, of course. I think what it reminds me is like the things they say in the movie definitely dates it to the 2005-2006 Oh, era. for sure. Because there were moments in the movie where it's like, you can't get away with saying that stuff today. You can't no, get away don't. saying that stuff today just like sitting around with friends, much less saying it in a movie. When Luke Wilson speaks and he's just around people on the street, he goes, what are you, some kind of f*** or something? Excuse Throughout me. the entire movie. Excuse me. Also, I'm sorry. Thank you. That's my word, by the way. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's that word that's in the movie. They say, you know, I don't even want to say it. Oh. Oh, the hard R. It's the hard R. The but hard it just sounds, R. The it sounds gross coming out yeah, of the mouth. The hard know? R for mentally challenged people. I just did not like this movie. I mean, I never have. And when you said it, I like I remember, we, for those of you that don't know, we work together. And so we were discussing the movies that we were going to watch. And the second he said it, my I just felt a bowel movement, like, happening. Because I was like, what the f*** is this? I'm like, I'm like deeply, th- I was like, I need to come back to you because I really want to think about this. And he kind of was like, idiocracy. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> but I appreciate it for what it is because yeah. it is a cult classic, and I and that's a, a cult it, cult classic doesn't suit everyone, right? It, it doesn't finds, suit most people. It finds its audience and it goes there, and that's what makes cult classics what they are is they're enjoyable. I can go on a tangent about more cult classics, and maybe we'll have to do a part two because I definitely want to sure. talk about like Event Horizon. Or I would fucking talk about Grandma's Boy for like nine. Rocky hours. Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture one of the greatest Show. Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure. <sighs> Not a cool. Maybe. <laughs> Stop, guys. But like we, it I is, mean, and I love it. I mean, I think that's why cult classics are what they are, is because they find their audience, and their audience is so virulently about these and passionate, and, and that and yeah. passionate that they just it's like this is it. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, let's move on from the last awful movie. But oh, okay. So Kyle's whispering to me that he's got a good thing. So let's talk. A good. Okay. So all right. So that was Idiocracy. I just got one last thing to say. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Let's take a break. So we're back, and I would first like to say that we did some research about the alleged camel toe in Serial Mom, and it came to our attention that the name of the band was The Camel Lips. So I also know that it, like The Camel Lips is not their real name. It was another band that was brought in specifically for the movie. So that was actually a choice for them to be sporting said said toe for them to be named the band. So, uh, there is a reason that we got on that tangent, and, uh, yeah, we're gonna move on from there. Um, we're gonna start doing what we call our lightning round, which we will come up with questions that none of the other people have known about, and they're either scenario-based, opinion-based, or just question-based. And I'm gonna go first, because... Oh, my God. This question was actually brought up by a coworker of ours that I thought was really funny. So, your question is... You have to recast a movie with all Muppets, but one person is real. What movie are you doing, and who is the real person? My pick is going to be Gone Girl. All of the characters are Muppets, except for Tyler Perry. I thought you were going to say Ben Affleck. What's he, the lawyer? No, he's the lawyer. Yeah, he's the lawyer. Like, oh just God. think about that. Like, Sattler, Waldorf, yep. all of the Muppets, but the only person that's Ty- like, serious is Tyler Perry. Oh, yep. my God. Very good pick. I like that. <laughs> I already have mine. All right. What, yeah. what you got? What do you yeah. got? So, my pick for this is, without a doubt, John Wick. Keanu Reeves is the real person. <laughs> you just go around blowing Dude, the head he's off blasting of Muppets, and instead of blood, it's just cotton. Oh, wait. Air. Wait. Should the just dog endless... be the only real person? The real character? No, the dog dies at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, the dog rest of the can. Movie is the just dog, Muppets blowing each other up. The dog can be real. John Wick can be real, but the Muppets characters. Okay. Okay. I like oh, this. I like this. Man. So it's basically the Happy Town Murders. Yeah. That's a really good one. Okay. 
I'm just going to say the first thing that came to mind. I was thinking, what if you did Jaws, but with Muppets, but the only character that wasn't a Muppet was the Sheriff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Serial Mom. Who would be the Muppet? Or who would be the one human? Sam Watterson. <laughs> Sam Watterson is I want to see him. I want to get. I want to see him get super humped. I am not. <laughs> oh, oh. All right. No. Now my lightning round question: If you were Vin Diesel playing top, <laughs> playing Dominic Toretto in the Fast and the Furious franchise, what would be your favorite ice cream flavor? What? <laughs> Rum raisin. Mine would be Rocky Road. <laughs> so. <laughs> Stupid. So on the nose. I can't. Kyle. What, ex- <laughs> I guess what would I say? Exhaust vanilla? I don't know. <laughs> Exhaust vanilla. I, I just made shit up there. I... <laughs> Mine's rum raisin because it just sounds boring and awful. <laughs> like Fast and Furious. Or family vanilla. Because we're doing it for family. <laughs> <laughs> very good, Frankie. Very good. I don't know. It's not dead girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> All right, Frankie, what you got? All right, so this is something that we talked about in the office is like taking a cartoon and making a live-action version of it. So your task with taking Rick and Morty, the cartoon, and casting the main two characters, Rick and Morty, for a live-action movie, who would you cast? Ooh, okay. Um, I have my two picks. Well, it cannot be... Back to the Future. No. No, I can't be back. So because who, that, that is literally so, what it was. So here are my two picks. So for Rick, I would pick Bob Odenkirk. Nice. And then for Morty, I would pick Tom Holland. Nice. Okay. I can't okay. use Tom Holland now because you went first. You, you can pick Tom no, Holland. No, if it's good, else. you can still pick it. Um, oh, God. I think I'd pick McLovin <laughs> for Morty. And I would probably pick, um, who, who's coming to mind for Rick? Who's coming to mind for Rick? Um, because it has to be, like, eccentric and, uh, like, uh, I don't, oh, that's, that is really hard. That's really hard. Oh, uh, Kurt Russell. Oh. Oh. I like that. I think that works. Yeah. I think that works. I like that. He's Kurt like Russell a he's person. a more gruffier Rick, but I like that. But he can play drunk. We oh both. yeah. Well I would say Russell Crowe, but <laughs> <laughs> So Kurt Russell and and McLovin riding around a spaceship. That... McLovin's a bit too old. I mean so if in, hold on, in his day, like let's just say back if they were filming this during super bad time. Alright, I got my pick. Alright. Morty. Dustin Henderson from Stranger Things. Boo. Sorry. Is that the toothless guy? Yeah. Okay. He's, he also grew up near where I used he's, to he's live. A, he's adorable. He's an adorable kid. But he's not neurotic enough. He can be. Uh, okay. Thanks for shitting all over my pick, you jerk. No, 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 no. You still no, got one more going. pick. Jim Carrey as Rick. Is that he would just be Fire Marshal Bill? <laughs> Attack my children! <laughs> I like how in the last episode you talked about Rick Jim Carrey being Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> Every anytime Jim Carrey's mentioned, he has to be Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> Fire Marshal Bill was a great character that I still talk about. Attack my children! You think this is a normal outlet? I would watch a movie about Fire Marshal Bill, a burned fireman. I would watch like I would watch the movie that Kyle recommended. I would. I know my initial reaction was, ugh, boo, he's yucking all over my yum. <laughs> Ew, I don't think that's what that means. I'm lost. <laughs> I don't know what I am anymore. We've all had one too many margaritas slash trulies. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening. That's the end of this episode. We will be back in two weeks. If you get the chance, go to Twitter at NoFilmsGiven or email us nofilmsgiven at gmail.com tell us how you like us send us some ideas you know we're always looking for opinions what do you want to see what kind of movies make sure you check us out on google apple and spotify we're on all three see you in two weeks